Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes! Yes! Yo! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program that's trying to make do on a couple of hours sleep. How much coffee have you drank this I morning? Am, I am. I am overcompensating. <laughs> My name is Greg Tucker. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website to that magazine. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hi. Hi. I had a good amount of sleep last night, so ah, that sucks for you. <laughs> how fun for you. Yay. Hooray for pickle. <laughs> Today is Friday. Woo. Uh, February 18th, 2022. Uh, it's 287 days till Thanksgiving? 208, oh no, 280 days till Thanksgiving. How about, oh, how were you seven days I off? I don't know, I don't know. Uh, happy birthday to, to uh, Super, Bowl, Super Bowl halftime performer Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Um, episode 1,335. On today's show, guys, we're going to talk about the college football playoff and uh, why you don't need to care. <laughs> we'll talk about that. I've got some more news and notes from our Dave Campbell's Texas Football six-year Texas high school football program rankings that I think are noteworthy, and then we'll have helpful Honda Mailback Friday. We'll answer some of your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, anything you got. You can lay it on us on the uh, comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. I don't think you can tweet us questions now. No, that's that's getting excessive. I know. Anyway, we will get to those at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door, Pickle? We sure do. It was just Chad, Daniel Agnew, Aaron Arbuckle, and Ed McElroy. Welcome in, fellas. What does your shirt say? I see Lone Star and... Oh, nice. Like, it's funny because I can't see it on camera, but I also I'm can't sorry. see it from my vantage point. Podcasting because, is a visual media. Uh, yes, is, is Lone a, Star a and Tex-Mex. Media. It says Lone Star and Tex-Mex. <laughs> Very nice. It's Friday. It's Friday. All right, Pickle. Headline. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? I did. College football playoff to remain at four teams until the 12-year contract expires after the 2025 season. I'm reading this from Heather Denich over at ESPN. After months of lengthy debates and multiple meetings about expansion, the college football playoff will remain at four teams through the end of its current 12-year contract, which expires following the 2025 season, CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock announced Friday. By choosing to remain at four teams for four more years, the 10 FBS conferences and Notre Dame have forfeited roughly $450 million million in potential revenue. There's a quote there, blah, 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 on and on and on. So, 
there was uh, for the past two years there's been talk about expansion to the college football playoff Mm -hmm. um there was the we're at four teams right now. There was talk about an eight-team playoff. Eventually, what ended up coming out was the the 12-team playoff was going to be the real, uh, was going to take uh, hold. And that was going to be the one that, that everybody was really hot after was mm-hmm. the 12-team playoff. But in the end, down the stretch, some conferences got some cold feet about this. Most notably, the ACC uh, came out in opposition to the 12-team playoff, at least for now. Um, and so it's dead for now. It's They're going to keep it for the next four seasons. Um, they're going to keep it for the next four seasons. Uh, so that is certainly noteworthy. Um, that is obviously something to keep an eye on, that they're going to remain at four teams through 2025. The earliest that they would, expl- they would expand at the playoffs would be 2026 season. And I am here to tell you, valued viewer and valued listener, that you don't have to care about the college football playoff. You don't have to care about who wins the national championship. Like, are, are, you, are you familiar with the concept of a permission structure, mm-hmm. Pickle? The idea that you need somebody to tell you what you think or what you're doing is okay, mm-hmm. right? Validation is a Validation. simple term for it's that. It's just something, <laughs> it's, it's somebody gives you the permission structure, somebody gives you permission to do what you're doing. Like, even though you, you know you don't, you're a free person, mm-hmm. but you just need that permission. If you need that, here I am. There's plenty of other people out there who'll do it, but I will be the one to tell you. You don't need to care about the college football playoff. You don't need to care about who wins the national championship. So... I think we got to start with this. It's okay to admit that there is no good way to crown a college football national champion. It, the FBS ranks we're talking about. Now, I, I, I tweeted about this and people were saying, ah, you know, the BCS was fine. The BCS was better. Maybe. Maybe. Do you remember how much grousing there was about the BCS? Oh, yeah, because they just got to decide who got to play in the national championship. Remember how much complaining there was about that? Also, people saying, oh, a 12-team playoff would certainly be better. Maybe. Maybe. The point is, either way you do it, but there's still an overarching committee telling you who gets to try for it. That's there will it. be <laughs> inevitable complaining about the 12-team playoff when we get there. Oh, and I think we will. I think we will. I think 2026 will get there. Okay. We have to draw a distinction between better and good. Being better does not mean, than the current situation, does not mean it's a good situation. Being better than that is, is like, th- that's improving. Like, we're talking about the prettiest turd here. You know what I mean? And, and I've done a lot of thinking about this. The problem is that we are trying to take one sport we love, and we are trying to do with it what we do to other sports that we love. We are trying to take college football and fit it into the sports box in America. That's what we're trying to do. Think about this. Okay, think about the NFL. Think about the NBA. Think about Major League Baseball. Think about the NHL. The four major pro sports in America. They're all structured the same way. Now, there are variations, but they're all structured the exact same way. They're divided into conferences and divisions. The regular season earns you a spot in the tournament. If you win the tournament, you win the championship. 
That's how it's put together. Okay? We're trying to do that with college football. And yet, college football is so fundamentally different than those leagues, than those professional leagues. First of all, there's just way too many teams. There's 130 teams in FBS college football. There's only 32 teams in the largest of those uh, of the four major sports. 130 versus 32. That's part of it. The other part of it is, and this is the, the big talking point, there is too little parity in college football. There's functionally none. There's no call, and, 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 and that's part of what makes it interesting, but there's almost no parity. There are a handful of haves, and there are a whole lot of have-nots. So quality of team, quality of play, strength of schedule is not evenly distributed, and it's not ever going to be close. There's no parity in college football, but we're trying to treat it as if it is like one of the four major sports. I'll give you an example, and this is not airtight, but I found this interesting, okay? To draw a parallel between the haves and the have-nots. Let's take a look at the average coach salary. Okay? The average coach salary for the 130 FBS teams. In 2021, the average coach salary, do you have a guess? Um, no, I do not. $3.2 million. The average coach salary in the uh, in college football was $3.2 million for the 130 FBS teams. 13 coaches made twice that at least twice that so 10 percent of the teams may or coaches made twice that okay 32 coaches made a third of that okay nearly a quarter of the teams paid their coach a third or less than the average uh the average salary in college football and that's not everything i want to be clear but I think it's an important data point. When you compare it to something like, let's say, Major League Baseball payroll, right? Because you can pay your college football coach whatever you want. You can pay him $100 million if you want. If you want to pay football Jesus $100 million to be your head coach, you could. Major League Baseball also does not have a salary cap. They have a luxury tax, but they have, functionally, they, they do not have a salary cap. The average Major League Baseball payroll in 2021 was $104 million. That's the average. Nobody spent twice that. Zero. And only two teams spent a third of that. 6% of them. It was the, the Cleveland Indians and the Pittsburgh Pirates. They spent a, th- a third or less than the average. So you can immediately see, and money's not everything. Well, in college football, kind of is. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not an accurate statement anymore. But you can <laughs> see that there is, in that measure, more parity between those franchises and the college football programs. And yet, we try to cram them into the same box. But all of that, really, really, all of that's kind of beside the point. Because who wins the national championship is not what makes college football fun, in my opinion. It's not. What makes college football fun is that there's 130 teams. It's that there's 130 stories. It's that there's 130 angles. There's 130 different measurements of success. 130 unique snowflakes that we get to observe. 
right? It's kind of an- another part of the reason why we like Texas high school football here is that there's 1,200 stories. There's 1,200 teams, and every team has a story, right? But we have been conditioned as fans partially because we watch the other sports. I think in large part because we watch the other sports. Mm-hmm. We have been conditioned to believe that if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, that's right? what makes sports sports. I'll go against you on that point. I think that there is a certain validation to that. Of if you are competitive in nature, then that's how you see things. And I don't necessarily think there's a huge thing wrong with that. I see where you're going with it, but I wouldn't say that that's like a fundamental downfall of sports. I'm not saying it's a fundamental downfall of sports. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is paying so much attention to the college, to who wins the national championship that you ignore the other 126 teams mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, not a satisfactory way to enjoy the sport. Yeah. So there's so much college, there's so much coverage of college football, and especially from mainstream outlets, there's so much CFP centric coverage, right? It's all about, it's, it's, it's way, way, way too much of college football playoff centered focus. Who's going to make the playoffs? That they, they ignore the other storylines going on. There's a reason, for example, that I think that ESPN paid not only for the college football playoff games, but they paid for the reveal show. I've gone on and on about this. The reveal show is actually the most important show they do. Because that is the actual culmination of their college football coverage. Everything about their coverage is about the college football playoff. Now, I'm not trying to pick on ESPN. I think they're more of an avatar for money in college football and and what's driving it. But that's particularly interesting to me is that that's a tell when they are making that big deal about the college football playoff reveal. That's the tell that all of their coverage is centered around that. You know, friend of the show, Bill Conley at ESPN. Uh, he, he is fond of saying that college football is best enjoyed from snout to trotter, right? From rooter to tutor. You got to enjoy the whole hog, right? Because what were the most compelling, let's, let's get local here for a second. What were the most compelling stories in college football in 2021 in Texas? I would say UTSA was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. UTSA was certainly one of the most compelling stories in Texas in 2021. UTEP. UTEP, a compelling story. Those teams were never, ever going to win the national championship. Ever. So, it was certainly not, I'll tell you what, the, like the most compelling story in the state of Texas was certainly not the chase for the national championship. It just wasn't. Now, look, enjoy what you want. Enjoy college football however you want. But I have found that a national championship-centered consumption of college football is pretty unfulfilling and pretty unsatisfying and so if you need to hear it from somewhere I'm happy to tell you you don't have to care about the national championship you don't have to care about the playoff that doesn't make you a bad college football fan you can just enjoy what you enjoy you can enjoy it from rooter to tutor that was my first thought whenever the yeah, just your first thought. Yeah, I think, I, just to play devil's advocate, I think the, the college football playoffs is getting the exact reaction like out of you that they want out of people. Of saying it's okay not to care, but clearly it gets people fired up. 
it gets the brand out there. It gets people talking about it. Like, I think that you are a prime example of exactly what, like, I'm not saying it's good, and I'm not saying that's how the sport should be played, but looking at it from, they're a money-grabbing business, and that's what they want is viewership, and getting people as riled up about this, and inevitably, thousands of people still watch, I think that's all they care about. I don't agree. That's fine. Because here's the issue for them. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm basically done talking about the college football playoff. Yeah, and we'll I'm, see. And I'm done thinking about it. And I'm done spending the mental capital and the mental energy on it. Because I just don't, I don't think that it is all that important to the college football landscape. It is a part, but we have been told that it is the driving factor. And I just don't agree with that. Yeah. I just don't agree with that. Because of all of the reasons that we've, we've seen over the past few years, there's going to be a lot of hemming and hawing and, you know, wringing of hands about how the college football playoff is is ruined because they're not expanding or they need to go back to the BCS or whatever. And the fact of the matter is that there's not a great way to crown a national champion and we probably spend too much time thinking about it. There you go. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package. Two magazines a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Yesterday, we rolled out something on the website, texasfootball.com. It was our six-year Texas high school football program rankings. We talked about it. We revealed the top ten here live on the show, um, talking about which teams have been the best, which Texas high school football teams have been the best Mm -hmm. over the last six seasons. 2016 to 2021. 2021. Correct. Six seasons. And we, we if you want to go back and re- watch the top ten yesterday, it's on our YouTube page. Um, you can see who the top ten are. But they were we, – we, we laid them out. We kind of explained how we did it, what the, the metrics that go into it. You know, essentially, the more you win, the better you are, right? I think that's kind of a, a, a loose way of saying it. So after digging through the numbers, you can go on TexasFootball.com and take, take them. Here were, uh, there were some things that, that caught my eye about the college, about the Texas high school football program rankings. For one, I thought it was kind of remarkable how much stability there was at the top. Like these things have kind of become crystallized in a lot of ways. Um, in the top 10, you only had one change. Um, Canadian dropped out. They lost their 2015 title. Uh, mm-hmm. They dropped down to like 17 or something like that. Strawn jumped up into the top 10. Well, and Canadian got knocked out in the first round. Was that? No. No, it's Childers. Childers. They got knocked out third, third. round. Yeah, because we thought Canadian right. Childers were going to meet up. That's what it yeah. was. Um, they, got, they got dropped down. There was only one change there. In the top 25, a couple more changes. Duncanville's into the top 25. Shiner's into the top 25. But overall, at the very top... There's not a whole lot of churn, which I think is interesting. If, if you're looking for the big storylines, they're kind of not at the top, right? Uh, unsurprising, but if you take a look at the state champions from last year, they made a big leap. There's no real doubt about that. Um, most notably, the teams that I thought were, were really interesting. Um, we mentioned nor- yesterday, North Shore. North Shore 
moved up two spots despite losing a state championship in 2015, that's remarkable. Normally, anytime you cycle off a, a, national, a state championship, you are probably dropping. They found a way to move up. That's pretty impressive. Um, of note, Katie Pato's ineligible because they're only four years old. Uh, but the teams that made the big leaps after winning titles were Stephenville. They moved up 307 spots, up to 97. And uh, the other one was Lorena. Lorena uh, snapped a uh, a 200 or a, a long title drought. Mm-hmm. They jumped up 185 spots to number 89. The other one was Westbrook, the six-man ranks. Oh, okay. They jumped up 280 spots to 129. And that is actually... Because they got on a heater, obviously, the past couple years. So they have. And the other thing about that, what's interesting, it could have even been better for them. But remember, they're a four-loss team. They finished 11-4. Mm-hmm. They're the first four-loss state champion, I want to say. <laughs> I think we figured out since 2013. Yeah, and they lost to one, two, and three. <laughs> yeah, like one, two, three, and six or yeah. something were their losses. And they were all, by the way, yeah. So that was particularly interesting to me that they that they they moved up despite four losses. Uh, there are some teams that, moved, that, that joined the rankings for the first time. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, the highest ranked newcomer at number 60. Mm-hmm. Corpus Christi Vets. Midlothian Heritage, number 95. Frisco Reedy at 307. And Gorman at 333. Uh, there's still 32 teams that played in 2021 that are ineligible. If they were eligible, the top five would be Alvin Shadow Creek, Katie Pato, Bridgeland, San Antonio Harlan, and San Antonio Southwest Legacy. The biggest leaps, the biggest movers, Carrizo Springs went up 446 spots to number 647. <laughs> All right. Quinlan Ford went 445. That doesn't surprise Lubbock me. Roosevelt also went 445, up 445. Frisco Liberty's up 410, and Tyler Chapel Hill is up 408. Again, you can kind of see how this works, that if you replace a bad 2015 with a great 2021, you're going to make that big jump. Because that's what it's going to take. It's not just having a great year in 2021. You also kind of have to cycle off a bad year in Mm -hmm. 2015. Uh, The teams that that made the biggest uh, drop, this is actually not surprising. I probably could have seen this coming. The biggest drop was George Ranch, who lost their 2015 title. And since then, they've been, you know, kind of middling. Uh, They're down 460 spots. Uh, Howe is down 444, Southland's down 422, North Mesquite's down 414, etc. Uh, the highest-ranked six, ranked 6A team was Westlake, same as last year. 5A, Zolito, same as last year. And Carthage in 4A, same as last year. A new top team in 3A, Gunner, is Canadian mm-hmm. last year. Yep. In 2A, it was Mart, same as last year. And in 1A, it was Strawn, who edged Richland Springs for mm-hmm. number 9 versus number 10. The highest-ranked teams, I find this interesting. I always like digging through this. The highest ranked teams with the exact same resume. Okay. The exact same resume. Because it's like, it's kind of weird to think of these two teams as the exact same, but Van and Holland are the exact same program. <laughs> both rank 79th. They're both 57 and 17 over the last six years with four 10 win seasons. All right. The highest ranked team without a state championship in the last six years? Any mm-hmm. guess? Ooh. Let me give you a hint. They're okay. 0 and 3 in title games. Duncanville. Duncanville, number 14. A boom. Yeah. <laughs> Highest ranked team without a title game appearance. This is tougher. Oh, man. So basically it's a team. Lake Travis. Team that wins. Uh, Lake Travis made a title game in 2016. So they still got, oh, okay. they still got one title game in 2016. Yeah. That was a good guess. I feel like that was a good guess, it though. It is a good guess. Without making it. I don't know. Geronimo Navarro. 
Number 38. Oh, how about and that? That? Is a, that is a perfect example of a team that always makes like a th- like goes three or four yep. rounds deep, but they haven't made a title Because game. typically in the past, it's been them and Wimberley yep. meeting up in the regional final again. Yes. And then um, the highest ranked team without a 10-win season is number 305, El Paso Andrus, is a team that's how about basically that? for the 915. Can you just be nine wins every single, single year? year. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. There is some news and notes from the Texas High School Football Program rankings. You can find them all at TexasFootball.com. All 1,202 teams that are eligible in the UIL ranked uh, for what they've done in the last six seasons. All right, Pickle, it's time for Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. The North Texas Honda dealers want to help you score some great deals on award-winning Honda. Stop by your Helpful Honda dealer today or visit ntxhondadealers.com to learn more. All right, if you've got questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, all of that fun stuff, let us know in the comments. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Carrier Pigeon. That one might take a minute. Do you have the... I told you to put the... The pigeon the door? The perch out. The, the perch. The perch. <laughs> what if we did... What if the only way we accepted questions was via, via Carrier Pigeon? pigeon. I feel like Honda would want their money back. Yeah, we might lose the sponsorship at that point. Like, we've probably gotten pretty close to losing sponsorship just because we're goofballs, but that might actually lose us one. All right, Pickle, do we have any questions from the peeps? We do. One of them was um, from Mario. He said, what grade would you give UTSA on their 2022 recruiting? Yeah, so I want to say they were at or near... The top, top of, of, conference of, USA. The, of Conference USA. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing about recruiting is you kind of have to, to, to judge it based on conference. Conference, yeah. Like, okay, A&M gets an A-plus regardless. Like yes. You can measure them against— like, <laughs> They have the number one recruiting class yes. in the nation. They get an A-plus regardless, but, like, it's probably not fair to compare UTSA to A&M. Yeah. Right? Um, I would give them an A-minus. I mean, they were number two, according to 247, they're number two in uh, in, in Conference USA— Seventy uh, second nationally, which is a a, a move up. Um, I thought they got a couple of real steals. Um, that's what's interesting about uh, when you see what Jeff Trailer is doing there, and and I think what kind of Joey McGuire may try to emulate at Tex, uh, Texas Tech is it's harder. It's harder, and we've talked about this on the show. It's harder and harder to find those those gems, those hidden gems. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you have to do is you have to find guys who are maybe rated three stars that you may think maybe in fact higher than that. Mm-hmm. And I think they found a couple of those guys, uh, like uh, Jace Wilson, the wide receiver from from Denton Guy, like Owen Peewee, the 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 player, the playmaker from uh, the linebacker from Cy Park, who was probably a little bit overshadowed by mm-hmm. Harold Perkins, right? Uh, That's by, like last year when they found yeah. uh, Eddie Lee Marburger. Exactly right. Those little like those, guys that we say they yeah. really rule, and someone should look at them. The new the new like hidden gem is not the Cooper Cup, right? The zero star guy who ends up with only one offer. The new hidden gem is the three star that you think may actually be a four. Mm-hmm. And I feel like UTSA did that pretty well and and put together. I mean, they got a couple kids. I really, I, I think Houston Thomas, the tight end from College Station, is a star. And I think they're going to find interesting ways to, to use him. So, yeah, I would give them at least an A-. Uh, I think that if you are Jeff Trailer, you're pretty darn pleased with how things are, are going. So I think that they got they, they got to feel really good about the way that 2022 recruiting went. And especially, I don't know, Jeff Trailer's in a weird spot because, like, obviously the 2021 class was so strange yeah. because of everything that happened, because of gestures broadly. Um, so I think for if you want to call this his first full – 
real recruiting class. Yeah, well, and that's the other you thing could. is you're always like at any point in time, regard like this could be the same thing for A and M is when a coach like when this is only his second year, I still don't really start evaluating their recruiting until they've been there for about three years almost, because it's like. I mean, maybe two years in is a is a decent way if it's not 2020. But a lot of times you're playing with guys that aren't guys that you recruited. Mm-hmm. And so you have to give them that grace to see how it goes, especially if the program like Jeff Trailer's gotten lucky, not lucky. He's done his job of building up that team to then have recruits say like, see, oh, look what UTSA is doing. I want to go there. If you're working with people that aren't yours and you have a bad year, mm-hmm. you're that much farther behind on the recruiting trail than you already were when you got there in the first place. Exactly right that's a great point and and i think that that what 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 trailer's doing is he's starting to build you know i've 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 maintained that for recruiting i'm a big believer that like if you win players are going to come mm-hmm. and so for utsa what i'm very interested in most of most especially is like their 2023 class because that is going to be very effective you know people one of the things that i think is interesting about a&m's class not to go back to them but a&m's class i think really what really sparked them was their great year in 2020, right? I know mm-hmm. that that feels like forever ago, but that great year in 2020, that's when kids start looking and go, oh, maybe I will consider going to play for A&M, right? Because uh, they'd gone 6-6. Six and six, I know they didn't play six, 12 games, you know what I mean. If they had gone, had a, had a boring year, they probably don't have this number one recruiting class. No, absolutely I not. think that's pretty fair to say. So, yeah, you have yeah. to lay the foundation. What's next, Pickle? Um... What are your thoughts on Coach Steve Huff moving to yeah. from College Station to Decatur? Yeah, it was a, a big step bomb yesterday um, that um, Steve Huff, the state champion head coach at College Station, and then last year the state finalist head coach at College Station, uh, is leaving to go take over at Decatur. And I think there may be people who are like, what in the heck is he doing? Mm-hmm. Um, Except specifically because Marquise Collins is back, I feel like right. that's the big nail in the yeah. coffin of like you're leaving one of the best sure. running backs in the state of Texas. <laughs> from what I understand, and I haven't talked with Coach Huff, uh, but from what I understand, it's twofold. One of them is I know he's he's in, he's from Oklahoma, I believe. I want to say he's from Oklahoma City. Uh, Step said he has family. He, has, yeah. he at least has family and in I, Oklahoma. Maybe wife has family there too, yeah. I believe. And so there is a I think there was an idea that we he wanted to get back north and he wanted to do that. The other thing that you always have to keep in mind with things like with things like this. At a place like Decatur, it's not just head football coach, it's also athletic director. Mm-hmm. And you're probably maybe maybe that doesn't necessarily resonate with you, but imagine being your own boss. Pickle, what would you give to be your own boss? And get rid of you? A lot. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> where where do I need to go? <laughs> right. So you get to kind of be your own boss. Of course, you're, you always have a boss. You have a superintendent, right? The mm-hmm. school board. But like, you get to really call the shots in an athletic department. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine again, I haven't talked with Coach Huff, but I would imagine, generally speaking. The, the things that I look for whenever there's a relatively shocking mm-hmm. um, coaching move is where is he from or where is his wife from? Mm-hmm. And they're both from Oklahoma. There you go. Where, where is he from or where is his wife from? And is he going from being just a, uh, a head coach or like a campus coordinator mm-hmm. position to an athletic to director? An athletic director. Mm-hmm. That to me is, is very, very important. So those would be my guess. It's, uh, I, will, I will say that I think it's a great hire for Decatur, obviously. Um, I... I've gone on record that I don't like what they've done the past couple of years by 
running Mike Fuller out and things like that. I thought yeah. that, that was ugly. There's some, yeah, small uh, town politics. Uh, a little ugly there. Um, hopefully, Coach Huff can go in there and settle things down, and they'll they'll treat him, you know, a little better than they have their predecessors. I will also say this: College Station is a hell of a job. Yeah, and and not that's, not just by the way, the not just thing. not just for 2022. Yeah, like you mentioned Marquise Collins. That's great. Marquise Collins ain't going to be there in 2023. Mm-mm. Still a really good job. Yeah, I'll be very very interested, especially because we mentioned that too. Is that's the only coach that College Station has ever had. Yeah. So it's like, what do they? They haven't gone through a coaching search in eight years now. Yeah, exactly right. All right, what's next? Um, well, Step said there was another call or another thing, but I'm not seeing it. No. Oh no, here we go. go. Last one. Um, Here's an ender. Unless you got a, unless you got a, an ender. I do. Uh, right do up. you think any coaches that already took a job are regretting it now that College Station is open? That's interesting. Maybe I think there's definitely I think that there are definitely um, I think that there are definitely people who take a job. Mm-hmm. And then a job comes open, and they go, "Oh man, I, I would have gone in for that job." Right. Now that said, you don't take a job unless you're you you want it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Especially a head coaching job. There are no head coaching jobs that you just kind of stumble right. into and think, "I don't really want to be here." Right. You know? Right. I would say that I would uh, there. I think that, that in a vacuum, if uh, if you took the job at uh, okay, let's let's take for example. Capel is it sounds like he's going to hire Antonio Wiley, right, mm-hmm. from Wichita Falls Hershey, uh, which is Cowboy Fight Never Dies. Uh, pretty excited. Uh, if he had known that College Station was going to be open, would have he would he have applied for it? Yeah, maybe. But that doesn't mean that taking the job at Capel is like not a good move. You know what I mean? I don't know that he's reg- he would be regretting getting the job at Cal- at Capel. So it's it's a it's a it's a balance in the sense that these, you know, these guys are always on the lookout for good jobs and so coaches who have made moves I think yeah, they may have looked at college and be like, "Ooh, you know, if I were if I hadn't just taken a job, I would have applied for that." Yeah. But, you know, that's how life works. That's how that's how timing works sometimes. Yep. So. All right, I do have an ender, and this is a very inter- I'm interested to get your take on this. Um Tony Blaylock asked, "How do you feel about ISDs being required to reveal you applied for a job? Do you think that can have a negative impact on the rejected applicant?" To to some, it might not because I feel like some people are understanding of knowing like, okay, this is just part of it. They're going to go look for something else. But I'm sure there are petty enough people out there that go, oh, you're looking to get out? We don't want you type of thing. I think it depends on the administration. Me, personally, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it because um, I know that if I were – I know that if I were applying for jobs at Sports Illustrated – yeah. I probably wouldn't want you guys to know, oh, man, Tepper's looking for the door. Right. You know what I mean? Because I, it's weird to say because I think that there are that, – that that a lot of people are going to understand. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, like he's looking for another job. That might have been a better Go chase your dream. You know, like yeah. But there is also a certain segment and I think a smaller segment but a mm-hmm. certain segment – they're going to take it personally. Yeah. And they're going to say, what, are we just not good enough for you? Like there's, you know, there's no, that, that is to me, I would prefer it didn't happen. I understand that these are, you know, these are mm-hmm. in the end, it's probably a net positive that they have to, re- that they do reveal them simply because, um, simply because that, you know, as a journalist, I want as much public information as possible. Right. And so I don't want to do away with the freedom of information. Act. <laughs> I want to be very clear. Big fan of the freedom of information act. And these are public institutions, mm-hmm. but 
I it, it does make me a little. Uh, I think that's part of why, and I don't want to speak for Matt Step, mm-hmm. but I think that's part of why he doesn't go around naming names uh, and so, saying, yeah. oh, you know what? Actually, Pickle was tr- was applying for that job. And I think I mean? that fundamentally speaking, like what the reason Step does that and that Step is a good person is the fact that he wants the coach to be able to tell the kids. Ultimately, that affects the kids. Like mm-hmm. I could really care less, not care less, but if if a grown adult who is in administration gets upset about a coach looking, okay, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You can't You can't hide that. Kids are not going to be able to – kids are not going to perform the same way if they know their coach is trying to leave them, and they're not going to buy yes. into what they're saying if they know that their coach is trying to leave them. So I get – again, yeah. I get – I like that it's public information from a what-we-do perspective. From a perspective, yeah. But if you want to take it morally, it's like, yeah, that does stink for the kids sometimes. And so – and that's the thing is, so you, look, if you yeah. – like, you know, if you want to go – Find out who applied to go be a Decatur. Like, that information is available to you. You can mm-hmm. go find it. But I also think that most school districts do it the right way of saying, we're making it public if you need to find it, but we're not going to advertise right. it. Right. And then that's kind of what step and what we try to do at Dave Campbell's is we, we're not going to – we don't want to blow up your spot Mm-mm. because I don't – you know, I think that it's natural to, to look for another job, mm-hmm. but I'm not looking for another job. Uh, in case my boss is watching, uh, <laughs> I think it's natural to want to look for another job. But I also know that, especially when it comes to high school football, mm-hmm. where there's such passions, um, that it can be taken the wrong way. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like if Jimbo Fisher had gone. I keep going back to AM. If Jimbo Fisher had gone and applied it or like interviewed it at LSU, right? Right. Um, that would have been that would have been a reasonable thing for him to do, mm-hmm. but it would not have been taken as reasonable by some segment of the fan base, right? Absolutely. So that's what I think. All right. That's, that's it. That's Helpful Haunted Mailbag Friday. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. We didn't have any guests, did we? No. Just me talking. Yeah. You're, you ranting. For Ashley Pickle, I'm going to <laughs> Vince Young. Please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you Monday, right? Yes. Oh, I actually, can I do something real fast? I forgot. I completely forgot about this because we didn't have final thoughts, and that's when I was going to do it for final thoughts. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, which was not going to happen because normally we would not Yeah, no, I know, but I I wanted to go ahead and put it out there that big, big, big show next Friday. And the reason I wanted to tell people this was because I'm too excited of holding it in for so long. So we had mentioned before that we did, that we are going to be putting out our DCTF All Access piece where we followed every behind-the-scenes as, like aspect of the 4A Division One state championship between Stephenville and Austin LBJ. We will be doing the public premiere of our DCTF all-access piece on next Friday. Wow. So, here on the show? Here on the show. We're, wow. per, we're doing we, it on the show. How do we get the rights to that? Um, well, I'm the person that's been working on it for the past three months, so I said, you know what? The show seems good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, earlier how I said that if, I'm, if I look tired, it's because I was up till 2.40 getting my in-laws from the airport mm-hmm. if she looks look tired over the last two months <laughs> it's because we put our heart and soul into this one piece of video content so it'll be about 30 minutes long but we had about 30 hours worth of footage that we've gone through i've gone through and and sorted on all that so yeah we're the team has worked really hard on it and we're super super excited so tell your friends next friday huge 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 show that we are super excited about that's gonna do it i did i feel like sorry i feel like that was it was worth it and Absolutely. i forgot <laughs> good job vince young trophy thing. See you Monday. Bye. Bye.